1: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit
2: JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by
3: Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for razors. For just $15, get a razor, moisturizing cream, and three razor blades. Visit Harry's.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first order.
1: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
3: What's up, you irresponsible American voters, all of you bastards that did not vote in your Super Tuesday primaries yesterday. All you had to do was go vote. You could have affected the outcome and had an impact on our great nation. Uh, that actually probably doesn't matter uh, if you did or didn't. I, I think statistically, the listeners of this podcast could, couldn't could really make a, make a difference. And, and you individually, probably your vote's worth essentially nothing. And, well, I've never voted for anything ever in my life, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. In fact, if I were you, I would probably use my uh, contributions and my time, my effort, my money, uh, my focus on, on more important things, on something that actually could make an impact or make a difference, something that could change things, something that would... You know, enact the change that you'd want to see in the world, something that would add personal value to your life. So, I mean, the BC Club is clearly the answer. It is the solution to our nation's problems right now. So let me tell you a little bit about the BC Club. All joking aside, we work really hard on this podcast, and you seem to like it enough to keep listening to it. So here's the deal. Join the BC Club, at a minimum, is just deciding to pay for the entertainment that you take or consume from us and that's fine if you don't want to but I'm telling you if you do contribute to independent creators making things and give them giving them away free it actually will add value you will appreciate it more you will enjoy it more you will feel Good about that, and of course we will feel good about it too. Now, beyond that, joining the BC Club, you're joining a real community. We've got a Facebook group, and it's uh it's fun. It's a fun group to be a part of. There's always something interesting going on in there, as you can imagine. So please come join us there. Beyond that, you get stuff. You get there's all kinds of different levels and things that you can join at and get. But one of the things that everybody that's in the BC Club gets is music that we release and books that we release from digital form all the way up to physical copies shipped to your house and stuff like that. And let me tell you right now is a great time to join because we have a ton of music that we're going to release and we have several books that'll be out. So you need to get into the club so that when those things come, you automatically get them for free or included as being a part of the BC club. You also always get into our live podcast for free. Maybe not always, but at least for now you do whenever we do them. And I'm telling you, this, this amount of money, it starts at $7, and that's like the amount of money that, that you leave for a tip when you go out with two or three people at a restaurant if you're paying. if, if For dinner for two, you tip that kind of money. Uh, and this is once a month. So tip that does. Please, please go out to a restaurant, stiff your server, and just tip us that money. It's just like a tip. And think about it. How much work does your server really do? They, I mean, 10, 15 minutes total of FaceTime and effort they put into to that, and you're giving them $7, and you can't give Toby and Joey and I $7 a month for, I don't know, what do we put out? Probably 15, 20 hours of content a month. Even if you just listen to one hour and a half episode a month, I think that, daggum, $7 isn't so bad for that. Not to mention all the other perks that I'm saying. So yes, I'm giving a formal pitch here for why you should join the BC Club. And I know it downplayed a lot, but you know I'm being serious right now. We'd love to have more members. We would love to have you. You can go to badchristianmedia.com slash contributes. Go to our website, click the contribute button. Or go to Bernie Sanders or Trump's website, give them the money. I don't really care. But I do hope you'll stick around for this episode, tell more people about it, and keep listening. But do what you want to do. I believe in liberty. I believe in America. And I believe in you.
2: One, two, three, four, five. Can I get a microphone check from the T-Rail side? Checking it. Now I'm going to get a microphone check from the J. Sven side. (laughs)
1: i'm just watching i don't even know what to do right now (laughs) it's the bad christian podcast
4: why did you include
1: matt in there you didn't get a microphone check from matt oh because matt is so good that we don't need to check this i thought you were gonna say he's so shitty like he he always makes fun of our our beatboxing intros you realize that don't you yeah, but he that's, always says mean stuff. You
2: can't blame shit from coming from shit. Oh, you're right. Like there's stuff that comes from his mouth. You're but saying it's shit, no shit. So right. if it would, well, if you take a piece right. of shit and you break off a piece of shit, mm-hmm. do you expect any of that to not be shit? Basically, Matt is shit. Right. Right. So He's, how can we expect anything he says right. not to be shit? Oh well, yeah, just, not to be exactly because he shit, no shit. Exactly. I think that's yeah, right. Hey Matt, hey, how's it going, Matt, buddy? How's it going? Matt, how are oh, you, I'm buddy? I'm doing
3: good. My headphones haven't been working. Have, have you all already started and been talking or anything? <laughs> see, <laughs> I I see? Anything Matt's right. <laughs> he's a <laughs> shitty piece of shit. What? Yeah. <laughs> you can't get all cocky now that you've lost weight, as I can clear tell clear clearly tell over the video.
2: You can't even see me. I'm slouching. No, you're no, looking your good. Your belly is, is hanging out.
3: I <laughs> predict <laughs> that you've lost probably maybe
1: eight pounds or something like that. Hold on. Can I say something real quick? I am not joking. Your belly is hanging out. It hangs out a lot. Right. And it is smaller. There is less, belly less hanging, belly hanging out. Less belly Yeah, I agree. Or, I, it's I, a
2: compliment wh- to you, Toby, that I would be willing to have my belly hanging out. Joey, uh, how much weight do you think you've lost? Joey thinks... Go ahead. All right. So I think... That I probably I I went through the last three months really exercising moderately and splurging a lot on food. It's been the first time I've done that in like four years. I I want to guess like that curls I
1: was, you used to do curls, but it was like a heavy spoon filled with ice cream going into your stomach.
2: Right. So I was still getting the arm motion. Right, but You I was were getting just putting the, ice you, cream. You in would my... do double curls with two spoons. Ice cream I want to your say gels. I want to say it's possible that I was getting close to 220 you were too scared you were so big that you were scared to look at the weight i just didn't have i don't have scales in my house so well you can uh, notice that a
3: little bit because it's something ironic about you beginning this diet that you're on if you haven't been paying attention joey is going on a ketogenic diet under the advice of his nutritionists, toby and i which may yes, or may not be a good you idea. Given that we're not a like nutritionist. Nothing. Joey signed and you off. Shouldn't, on this. You shouldn't necessarily take our advice if you're looking for someone with a degree or trained or with any credentials whatsoever. Right. Although a lot of you have been asking. But the, the good news about it is the interesting thing is Joey began it exactly about eight hours after we did our photo shoot. I know. <laughs> so you may have reached a, a high or even peak weight standing next to Skinny or Toby and I there. And so now you, luckily, we're going to get something like a before and after picture of that.
1: It was funny. Joey sent the those pictures that Jeannie Mitchum took, which was really good. She's really awesome. Um, fabulous photographer and friend. But uh, he sent them out to all the BC clubbers. And it was really funny because I, I was looking at the picture. and I was like, man, Joey. You, You don't look like that, or in two weeks, you don't look the same. (laughs) Right, it's noticeable. It's good. It's really good. Now, I asked Joey yesterday for an update. We went for a little walk. Sometimes Joey and I take walks. Does he not
3: know what he's lost weight? How much?
2: No, that's what I'm saying is I want to say that I was close to 220, and I did weigh myself at my parents' house, and I was 208, but that was after eating a bunch of chicken wings
1: at Wild Wings. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably maybe even around two might have lost around maybe. ten
3: pounds. I was going to guess. You need to try and weigh yourself
1: could. every time at, during in the mornings, but if you don't really care, it doesn't matter. Um, so we go for a walk, and I was like, "Hey, how's the diet going? Have you cheated at all?" And it's funny because he gets that weird stare off thing, like, like you know, your kid didn't really mm-hmm. do anything bad, but they think maybe that thing that I did. Mm-hmm. They don't. So they're thinking, should I lie or what should I say? Avoid eye contact at the moment. Right. He did not look me in the eye. (laughs) And so we're walking down the road. I was like, just tell me. It's okay. I don't think you're intentionally, because he does care about getting $300. Mm -hmm. He does not want to cheat. So you told me. I care about being honest in this regard,
2: too, because that would be really like stealing y'all's money.
1: he He was eating Tic Tacs, which I think should count against him. But, uh, and then what did you, what was the thing that you ate? Did you eat some kind of fruit or no, something? No, I, uh, I
2: had a kale salad and oh, yeah. accidentally ate some cran, cran raisins. Cran, cran, cran raisins. Yeah. But,
1: but when he realized it, he pushed them to the side and didn't eat anymore. So that's an that's accident. Good. The salad's gonna... Now here's what's really funny. He's like, I, I was like, well, maybe that's, I said, that's fine. You're doing pretty good. And he goes, and <laughs> he says, I kept and, thinking, and, um, I eat those chips that you eat. And I said, the chips that I eat, I said, you went to Trader Joe's and got uh, like flaxseed chips that are low carb? No, multigrain. I eat multigrain chips. I was yeah. like, no. Yeah, I can't you eat You Can't the- do those. He, so he just is eating Tostitos multigrain <laughs> chips. Right? These are fine. Like, I mean, how could you not look at the you carbs? You just have to look the at the yeah. back of the food. There's information on the back well, here, that's beneficial. Well,
2: here's what y'all said, though. Is y'all said that no. you need to eat under 30 carbs. I was definitely eating under 30 carbs. There's,
3: those have about 23
2: grams of carbohydrate per serving, though. Yeah, exactly. And I told Toby that I probably ate three in a day. Three, three chips. chips. Yes. Okay. So it was. Well, it was more probably, of those. Okay. ooh, I want to get that, you know, chippy taste in a my chips, mouth. A
3: sort chip. Of a chip serving size is typically. It, it would say on things like that, like seven to ten chips. Yeah. And, so anyway, and that'd right. be like twenty five grams of carbohydrate.
1: Right. So Toby said no more chips, and I was like, okay, yep. no but, problem. Now here's the thing. On a side note, on chips, I love the nacho chips. They're spicy at Trader Joe's. I mean, I'm not kidding. The flax, the flax seed. seed. Uh, they have about nine. Let's see, is it per seven serving? or
3: eight per serving? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's and seven. seven or eight is like twelve chips, eleven, twelve, thirteen chips, right? So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I can have like twelve chips. are totally fine for a snack, for like nine carbs. That's so good. Um, I eat those with chips, and cheese. They discontinued them last week. Oh wow, that is bad. <laughs> the, bad the spices, luck for you. So. Everybody, please write Trader Joe's. I'm writing Trader Joe's. I am begging you. I'm not kidding. These are my favorite chips, regardless of what diet I'm on. They're my favorite chips. They're spicy. Uh, I can't. They're called flaxseed and something. And I love them so much. They have regular still, but the spicy ones, they have discontinued. And I actually went up to the guy. I promise this is what the guy at Trader Joe's said. I knew this day was coming. <laughs> he said, you're the first person, but I knew that some people were going to complain about not having these chips anymore. I was like, well, I said, yeah, so this is my favorite thing. It's like, I'm, a, I'm on a special diet or, a, a, you know, and I need these chips. And so please write Trader Joe's, ask them for me. Even if you don't care, whoever's listening right now, I'm begging you, please let's get a petition going. Let's get these chips back. Cause they are phenomenal. Well, I don't want
3: to bore people because, uh, With this diet stuff and carbohydrates and things like that, because I'm sure a lot of people don't care or think we are idiots. However, on yeah, the those contrary, people are stuffing
1: their mouths with carbohydrates right now, yeah, Bastards. however,
3: on the contrary, I've gotten just tremendous amount of message messages saying well what what is this thing, or what are you doing, or is it a diet plan, or yeah, me too, stuff like that, and I can only explain to you it 's a ketogenic diet, there's plenty of ways to look it up it's not, it's not necessarily a book or a this or that thing, but that that the idea is putting your body into ketosis and burning fat anyway i don 't want to overly talk about it, but I was thinking, Toby, since Joey's not doing super good, yes. uh, Hayne that was on our show a little while back before, he sends me, whenever he makes a good meal, a picture of it and tells me what it was, and I'll sometimes and he do has the to same live. He's,
1: he's diabetic, so he has yeah, to live Hayne ketogenic. is
3: diabetic and then eats ketogenically to avoid insulin, um, which is yeah. one of the good things about it for whether or not you have diabetes or pre-diabetes. But... Uh, Anyway, he sends me meals and recipes all the time, and they're awesome. And so, you know, I put a couple of pictures of things I made on Facebook, but people are blowing me up constantly asking me what is it or more details. And since Joey needs help, I was thinking if you wanted to, would you and Jessica, because she's a really good cook, um, yeah. and then Bridget and I and Hayne, we could contribute a couple of pictures and meals that we eat through the week and I'd make six or seven like that'd be supper every night if, if we all oh, that'd be awesome chipped, in a, chipped yeah. in a couple and what i want to do is put it on a private uh email group email list so it'd okay. be invite only i don't have the details for it yet so but not
1: this is exclusive
3: yeah yeah i mean i, I wouldn't i don't want to make it a bit i don't want a big list i'm not trying to build something a big whole list of people i just would want to get the people that actually were really interested and then send a small email out once a week, if you wouldn't mind working on if you and Jessica and, yeah, would contribute would to, and I haven't talked yep. to him about it, nor you, so I'm, I'm wondering if you think that'd be a good idea, if it would help, and then we can basically send it to Joey, and anybody wants to be CC'd on it, then yeah. I'd be glad to pass it along, but I don't want to post it or do anything, I'm not trying to build a blog or a Facebook group, I don't want to do any of that stuff, but I wouldn't mind trying to see if we could make a nice quality little email out, just to stay consistent and share with each other, if that work, sounds good for you Joey, would that help you?
2: yeah definitely and uh i I do want to go ahead and tell them that you can get all of this stuff at matt Carter's no diet page stop dot com. The
3: I'm asking, Just, would that help you if that if we, if we gave you some meal suggestions and stuff like that?
2: You know it it would just to spice up my life but I'm a little offended by you saying that I'm not doing that well. You don't even read the nutrition facts e- hardly on the yes, back. Yes I do. You do that's, not. That's under, why I you ate only 3 chips <laughs> because I knew that if I I'd looked at the serving size and it was like 7 okay, that's for 14. Okay. So I'm, so I'm not You want stupid. me to cancel
3: the email list or move forward with it is my question. I don't care either way. Okay, I will make it you will not be on it.
1: You okay. are not allowed on okay. it. It's exclusive. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, I want to. I want to tell Matt. Can I, I, can I say something? Yeah. Or do, is it all about you and your weight? I haven't actually said anything. So go ahead. You've been talking nonstop the entire time. You That's didn't realize not true. You get me Out and Matt's ass. voice in Matt's voice confused. All right, go ahead. I don't even want to say what I want to. Listen say. Listen
2: to this. I wanted to tell y'all something real quick. This this showed me just how uh, this is something about Toby and Matt that I really do envy a bit. I put on my Facebook page something very simple, and it was a joke. My son, William, has told me a couple of times, Dad, I'm a little sad about Abraham Lincoln dying. All right, so I thought that was hilarious, but obviously the boy is not mourning the death of the 16th president. But I go on Facebook, so I was just like, eh, it's kind of funny. So I actually asked people, I said, hey, we all pray for my son. His heart is broken wide open. He's been learning a lot about death here in February. And he does not understand. He can't reconcile how someone who was trying to be anti-slavery was killed. And I said, his heart is broken. Why? I mean, I laid it on thick, right. thinking everybody would give us a joke. I must have gotten 50 comments of people saying, we are praying for that sweet little so boy. Sweet. He's got such a sweet little heart. And I actually told Toby, I said, I feel a little bad about this. Like, now I have to go on there and say, guys, I was just kidding. And Toby's like, no, you don't. They're all retarded. <laughs> he said they're all <laughs> stupid people. And he's just like, just let it go and laugh. But that's that's why Toby would not care. I cared as far as people thinking, why would Joey put that on Facebook? It's just like obviously his like it sounded like I was trying to get a lot of attention. So I actually do care about that. But you're just like, no, it's just funny to see people. Fumble with asking, like well, responding it's just and el- stuff. I
1: mean, it's just if they want to believe it. What my point is, it doesn't help at all now to say, "Hey, I was just joking." Bigger, oh okay, yeah, you know, like, like what a dickhead, yeah, or like it, it, they got something out of it. if they actually <laughs> if they actually believe <laughs> it, they then got they got it, they probably prayed for William. Yeah, I and mean, everything I mean, worked so out. <laughs> something benefited William, right? People love bad bad oh, news. I or guess what i I guess
2: what I'm saying though is I'm that dude I, that goes to Facebook now and tries to make something that's not an issue an issue to bring hey, I, attention to my page. I want to, you to take it
1: farther. I, I, literally, I want to dress up like Abraham Lincoln and lay there dead and have, like, <laughs> William saluting me in a picture. And then post it, hey, we did this to reenact pr- our president being shot. And, like, it's really you should really William out. take yeah. it to the next yeah. level. And then you get the GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> you do, the, the next thing is the GoFundMe about for William. Therapy and you try, William. Yeah, therapy Yeah, therapy for William and Lincoln and all that stuff. I mean, you can milk this forever. Yeah. I mean, if you got that much response out of just a silly comment, then you're set. Yeah. The
3: the main point is you can't really manage other people anyway because it's just like anything you do. You're not going to be able to go back and correct it it all, and those people might not see. It's just an endless, unproductive rabbit trail to put thought into things like that. It's not easy to fix, and if it's not worth it, it's not worth your time or effort. It doesn't help anything, and and— you're you're all you can all as much as you want to ocd wonder about did they find out did they really think this what did this person think of me all that is negative unproductive uh self-focused thought and should be eradicated from if as much as possible
2: that's true I, i will give our senior pastor props he went on there and commented and he said please just don't let him know that his senior pastor's family had to do with the assassination which is totally true his i think it was his Grandma or great grandma
1: helped plot the assassination of Lincoln.
2: <laughs> Weird.
1: Yep. Pastors and presidents. Going back real quickly, it's this made me think of something. Um. So Joey, you're trying to get healthy. I'm trying to get healthy. Some people are interested. Or yo, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying not, to get three hundred dollars, dog. Go ahead. You, do, will you totally like just when the
2: when you get the three hundred dollars, you'll just go back to normal? No, not at all. In fact, I told y'all when y'all y'all were surprised that I took the deal, and I was just like. No, I'm taking the deal because I was planning on making some wiser decisions anyway. I wouldn't have been that extreme, and I wouldn't have started that hardcore right away, but I was just like, $300? Sure. Let's do it. I'll do it right now. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I rudely interrupted you.
1: Well, um, I had this thought. Okay. Unpa- unpack that I was kind of thinking about personal trainers. A lot of people pay somebody else to motivate them to lose the weight, right? right? But I was thinking about personal trainers, and then that led me to, this is me, you know, just daydreaming, I guess, led me to the thought of like, You know how often Christians talk about Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? Right. Like that is a big concept that is very popular in Christianity. Right. Personal Lord and Savior. Do you have a relationship with Yeah, do you have a relationship? And people say that. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is my personal Lord and Savior, which a lot of people would argue that God always talked to the nations and I'm not getting into that. Here's the weird thing, though. Everybody, a lot of these Christians that say this want a personal Lord and Savior until you do something that they disagree with, and then they want you to have their personal Lord and Savior. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like your your personal Lord and Savior obviously isn't doing as good. Like if I'm if I'm standing beside somebody and I say a cuss word or drink a beer or agree or or not say that a homosexual is going to hell or whatever it might be that uh this person with their personal Lord and Savior then they feel obligated at that point to potentially look down on me and like kind of imply that my relationship with my personal Lord and Savior isn't as good as theirs. And so I decided, like, no matter what, from now on when I hear people say that, if somebody critiques, like, my walk— in my faith, I'm going to treat it like, no, this is just, he's like my personal trainer. No, my, oh yeah. My, my, my personal Jesus yeah. has me cussing right now. Yeah. Uh, I drink, I, I drink yeah. a little bit of alcohol and yeah, I'm just sure. kind of, I'm, I'm really questioning what I've been taught about homosexuality. That's what my, my personal, my personal, Lord personal trainer is. <laughs> yeah. And his name's Jesus, but he, he's yeah. really good. He's got. I mean,
3: you, you might so need awesome. to. Do, he's uh, amazing. The ab work that he does. What you you don't understand the background of what he has me doing. You need to read up on ketogenic diets and you know right. isometric fitness. You just don't understand it. But but my personal, you know, trainer, Jesus, he's got me on this thing. So you and plus he's I got pay a lot of money for him. I've got a right. lot invested here. So I don't know what kooky. Personal trainer, you got, but I'm all right. on a workout plan. I've got this together. So totally. I don't, you know, your whoever your personal Lord and Savior is. If he's so personal to you, then why don't you just keep it that way, personal to you?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do I stop trying to introduce me to your personal right. trainer? I ain't doing your workout your personal plan. Lord and Savior. I don't need that. Like, what? Why is it so? If it's so personal, why do you, I need to know that? And why is? My, you know, mine's not good enough or equal, and I must not be working as hard as you, or working out as hard as you, well, his, or and, doing as good and, as you are with your person. And, they, his, and they... his
2: plan accommodates us specifically too. Like it, that's that's his job is to work on us specifically. I got so, a different yeah, body type. You you can, I ain't Without taking out.
3: your advice. Come on, I'm big boned. Right, I can't. Have a, run. Quick, I have a high metabolism for profanity. I, it goes right through yeah. me, and I did not Doesn't. St- I mean, it's fine. Right.
1: I have bad knees. I'm okay <laughs> with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> my body processes
3: this, this type of particular Don't thing. Don't you understand really that? <laughs> is there not <laughs> a meme then of the, uh, for you know, an atheist meme or an agnostic meme or whatever anti Christian meme that would be? If Jesus is your Lord and pers- personal Lord and Savior, can't you just please keep it that way? Yeah, that'd be, that has be to the be.
1: phrase. You can have your personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> keep, I'll, just just I'll keep, keep my... him
3: as your personal. Name. To you,
1: then I think probably a lot of people, especially in the South, think that like, hey, he's my personal Lord and Savior. I'll keep that to myself. The pastor is the one that talks about the religion. I just, you know, my relationship's mine. I think that's, a, but I really believe it's an Americanized religion. Like, I think that's what that is. Like the personal Lord and Savior thing seems really personal. like an American right that's constitutional, which is true. I know you have freedom of religion and stuff, but I'm just saying, like that as Christians, doesn't that seem bizarre that like, hey, my relationship with Jesus is personal?
2: Yeah, he personally. I, I, I mean, I know, I know where actually getting a lot of laughs out of this, but I think you're on to something from the point of I don't think I don't think personal Lord and Savior is even theologically correct. Like when we're saved, we're brought into a
1: community of people who all have the same savior. Right. So that just doesn't work. And it's very clear in the Bible that you are to be saved by God in order that you would go and do things so that you would become something. So that you would affect the world and change the nations and do good to people, not just for you. That personal Lord and Savior thing, I think, really is about, hey, I need to get in shape. And it's about me. And man, you know, I had a rough this or that. or and, and that just makes it about you. And once again, which is what worries me about, especially American Christianity, it's all about you. You are the God, you're the center, and then God affects you, the center. You know, God's circling around you, affecting your life for good or for bad, maybe for some people, whatever it might be. And so that's what I actually think. I didn't really want to get that this theological. I just thought it was a funny thing to talk about. Jesus, the personal trainer, but uh, I, it is, it really is kind of weird that it's like that. And biblically, like uh, you and I I think, or whoever I was talking to about it, like when God does talk to people in the Bible, it's always so that they go and do stuff yeah. for other people. He's, he's like, Hey, Moses, I'm talking to you because you're going to free the Israelites. You know what I mean? Hey, you're, hey Jacob, you're going to become Israel, the nation. This, this isn't about just you. It's about the, what's going to happen. And, and the bigger picture here, stop thinking about yourself. And think about the bigger picture. And so personal Lord and Savior seems like a little wacky. Yeah. But well, I'm sure a lot of people are pissed off right now because yeah. their personal Lord and Savior doesn't, like, allow them to eat Now, do you, think, do
2: you think some of them are saying he, he saved me personally? Yeah, it's a, like, right. It's just a, if it's I was just the only a, person here, he would have done it for me.
3: Right. The problem with the, that phrase has been, you know, contorted from meaning that he <laughs> saved me that he did save me to the owner's transference of the ownership of he is my personal as in,
2: you know,
3: so I mean the original phrasing of, of the thing isn't necessarily inherently bad or wrong that he saved me personally.
2: But somebody, once
3: you've heard that repeated from your granddaddy and your daddy, and then you just hear Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior from, you know, people and politicians casually, then and you grow up into that mindset. Then you've just misunderstood the, maybe the original intent of the phrase and then used it in this other way that, that we find goofy.
1: Yeah. I think I, it should just change to Jesus saved us all. Yeah. And not that the point? Yeah. Well,
3: that is the point. Bring, can we bring our n- Not only of that phrase, but of the podcast and of life itself, Toby. We, we've reached the end. I mean, what? oh, we made it. Yeah. This I mean, is actually. That is the point. God saved us all. Jesus saved us all. Isn't wow. the point? We've reached the point, and I see no further reason to uh, continue this podcast or any other form of communication now that that is settled.
1: <laughs> we <laughs> might have it. wrapped
3: up the journey here.
1: Joey, the podcast is done. We've, I, I we stumbled it. upon the last episode. I didn't even know that this <laughs> was going to be the last episode. Here we are. What, did, what do y'all think? I mean, are you, did, you, did you expect I, to make it this far? Yeah. It was a fun ride, but
2: I'm relieved. Yeah, honestly, I'm relieved.
3: <laughs> we, we, de- we did. We entered something called deconstruction all the way forever right. and ever and ever into this pit. And then all of a sudden, hey, Jesus saved us all. Re- consider me reconstructed, my friend.
4: Yeah.
1: Now, I guess it's it's okay. We've been working on this for months, almost since the beginning of this podcast. But this podcast is coming to an end next week. Very first episode of Bad Atheist. It's a really rock ra- raunchy kind of crazy thing where us, where three crazy atheists talk about the weirdos in atheism. <laughs> hey and uh
2: pastor with no answers is no more it's the bastard with all the answers bastard with all the answers yep. hell all yeah right, let's
3: take a break we'll be back in a second and tyson motzenbacher is going to join us right here in studio
4: in hell yeah studio.
3: folks we've made it to march and you know what that means march madness and you know what march madness is march madness is the fact that there's some people who have been listening to this show since probably last march that still don't have harry's Razors. I just shaved my face today and I looked myself in the mirror and said, good job, self. Good job on choosing Harry's razor, self. And I want you guys to make the same good choice. Let me give you three reasons why. And by the way, you should look for these three reasons in any product you buy. Number one, quality. These are German engineered five blade cartridges, close, comfortable shave, no cuts, no burns, quality guaranteed, full refund if you're not happy. So quality. Number two, price. These are factory direct prices. You cut out the middleman, they ship right to your door. They sell their blades for half the price of the leading brand. Okay, so quality and price. What's the third one? Third one is convenience. No more time-consuming trips to the drugstore. No more blades locked behind the plexiglass cases. Um, no more waiting in long lines for something that you can do in 30 seconds at harrys.com and have it right to your door. So quality, price, convenience. I love the product. The product's great. Um, The razors feel great on my face. The handle is weighty and good. This is a good, great, wonderful product that you should have in your bathroom and your medicine cabinet, male or female, goes great on the legs, face, armpits, whatever you want to shave, anything you can think of to shave. I mean, seriously, why pay $32 for like an eight-pack of blades when you can get them for half the price at harrys.com. The starter set is an amazing deal. For $15, you get a razor, moisturizing, shave cream, and three blades. Plus, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with the promo code BCPOD. So go to harrys.com right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter the code BCPOD at checkout.
1: And we're back. Yeah.
3: Wow. Tyson, thank you for joining us in the studio here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. How do you like our outfit? We've been working on it. High tech. Well, Hold on. You, would you call this a studio? <laughs> what would you <laughs> this call is like this? A, Just the, the bad, first time
0: visitor. I, I would call it the Bad Christian Studio, studio <laughs> slash Bicycle <storage>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, we're glad you came out with Charleston. We're, uh, I mean, we're not exactly a, a late night show or anything, but it's real nice to be able to do stuff like this in studio with, yeah. with me yeah. because I'm not normally here, obviously, too. And so to have, uh, you know, have the talent and
1: the guests fly in, is, but is we nice want to thing. do this more and more. So you would officially be the first guest visiting in trail, studio. In in studio. Yeah, right. Tell me, we worked forever today to get the lights and we still don't even know. The lighting might is. still be bad. I don't Yeah. Know. Yeah. It, we were just talking about that just today in my garage, we worked for hours with two tiny little webcams, webcams yep. and lights that we set up for hours. And I can't imagine what a movie would. Would be like I can't just setting up the lighting at a scene like we were actually got to be extras in a movie called shallow how do you remember that movie oh, just yeah. black totally you can see me walking with my old ex-girlfriend <laughs> down the around the lake we were holding hands just walking around the lake way in the back you would never know it was me unless I stopped it paused it and pointed right to where I was but yeah. I remember them doing the setup and like you know they have to have the cameras on tracks yeah you know as people are walking and everything has to be smooth and I and at the time I was just a what 20 one-year-old whatever just thinking oh man this is whatever it's kind of crazy but now in retrospect i go whoa yeah who, h- how do you keep up with all that it, it, i know when you see a bad movie you're thinking
3: it's so bad how they're so stupid but even to do a bad movie gotta oh be yeah incredible. i mean to think about it looking at this setup and i'm looking this on the monitor right now and everything and i'm got i'm thinking man i gotta really hand it to wayne and garth oh i know <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they, their basement production for wayne's World was pretty oh, dang man, good they were so on point they were so on yeah. point how, how much do y'all you, get
2: paid for that the Shallow How extras. I remember Devin was just in the hourly. bar scene. It was just hourly. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah. You know, nine dollars an hour. So Tyson, are you gonna play some music in a little bit for us too? Yeah, yeah. That's totally. great. We're glad to have glad to have you do that. Your record, I love
0: it. Oh, thanks, it, man. It, it is, is
3: good. Awesome. For sure.
0: Do uh, well, how long ago did you record it? Uh it's I've actually been sitting on it for a little while. So we made it um like over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Year and a half ago maybe, I think. Dude, so, I just
2: found out it uh, his mom like passed away and within three years and it's based a lot on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. What, that was what we were basically. She, my mom, so my mom was like, she was like one of my heroes. She was like five, five feet tall mm-hmm. and super Irish. Uh huh. Like, and just like gnarly, like yell at, like you get pretty yell at you, gnarly. <laughs> um, and she, uh, she was like a, she was a counselor for like college students and stuff. And so basically what happened was that she was, I'm like, I, this is when we talked earlier, Matt, I told you a little mm-hmm. bit about this, but basically I was like, um, she knows that she knew me really well. And she knew that I was somebody that like kind of takes all my emotions and box them up real tight. And so, yeah. so she was like, right before she passed away, she was like helping me cope with it, which was, wow. which so tell was,
3: me what happened to her. What was what yeah, she,
0: she had, she had, she got cancer and mm-hmm. fought it for like five years. And towards the end of it, it was just kind of like, she made it like, I, I think uh, something that's really interesting is like when I, I've talked about this a ton now, cause like my record is, it deals not necessarily with her explicitly, but more with like, my path through it with dealing with like the world and God, yeah. and what does this now mean that now that I've like encountered this thing so head on. Um, but, uh, she was, yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally forgot. what I was just saying, no, just basically
2: the album encounter. It was more of your encounter with the world like,
3: because yeah. of what happened. She, she prepared you for her own passing. That's the profound thing there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she did. Like, I think one of the best ways to, to explain my mom, I think, is that like, so I, I, I went out on tour right after I did, I basically went on this walk across California to like clear my head. And then I got, I got back to, to my house, like after it was like eight months later. So I'd been, it'd been all over and done with. So what got, do you mean a walk across California? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, That's I feel like long. I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I went
1: for a little walk to clear like my head. A little walk, more like far. Yeah. Not, no, not around me. the corner. You mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the way that it turned out was that my mom told me she's like, you got to figure out how to how to deal with this thing properly. You got to feel how to like lean into it, um, lean into like what it means to feel loss, right? And so I just decided, like on a whim, I was in the I was in the hospice care with her. And she was like pretty out of it and she wasn't really there. And, and I was like, I don't even know what happened to me, but it just kind of went into my head. And I was like, I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to do something stupid, something that makes no sense at all. And I was on Facebook and this friend of mine who lives in Oakland was like, Hey, does anybody want to walk to San Francisco with me? Meaning like, do you want to walk to the BART and like get on the train and go to San Francisco? And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I just like decided on when I'm, I'm going to walk to San Francisco from my house in San Diego, and um
1: just to like get yourself completely out like just do something stupid that was so bizarre that it might could help you yeah well (laughs) so different than what you're going through
0: i'm like when i so i went into i walked into my mom's room and i because she told me she's like you need to figure out a way to like lean into this as it as it as it affects you like Mm -hmm. you need because otherwise you're never going to do it right you're just going to like let it go and it's going to get worse and i walked into i walked into her room and she was like sleeping a lot of that time it's one of the last things that she said to me I, i like woke her up and i was like mom mom, I'm going to walk to San Francisco. And she was always somebody that like figured out what I was saying to her really quick. And she, she opened her eyes and she said, she said, you could walk all that way and accomplish nothing. And then she went back to sleep.
1: No way.
0: Yeah. And I was like, so that was, I think her telling me uh-huh. like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like for me, it was this, this walk across California, but yeah, I, I think see. what I, what I was trying to, I think what I was trying to go to a little bit earlier was that when I talk about my mom, like dying, I think that like for me now, like we all, we all are going to die. Right. And all of us are going to lose people that we love. Like that's just a huge part of a huge part of life. And I, I think when you bring this up, like what we were talking about in the van a little bit about like how people don't like to enter into times of sadness with right. you because yep. they, they just want to like be past it because it makes them uncomfortable. Right. And I think that like what I learned from her is that like in that moment specifically was um, that the way that we die And the way that we think about dying and the way that we think about other people dying, it says a lot about the way that we live. It says a lot about the way that we are, the way that we even like view life in general. Mm -hmm. And that was what that whole walk was about, was me. Every morning I'd like wake up at 4.30 in the morning because the cars, I just walked along the side of the highway for 40 days. I got a few questions about that. but
3: But what you're saying is, in general, is that, you know, you could throw yourself into your work and avoid the yeah. the thing of loss. So for you, you're thinking, if I go on this walk, I will be able to focus on and process this. And at least it's something different. And I don't want to do normal life right now. And then what your mom said was, yes, but that in itself isn't a fix to do something crazy. It, yeah. You know, it's you leaning into it and being able to process it. You could, could or could not do that. So yeah. then when you did, how much time were you thinking about that? Like on the walk was, did it
0: turn out to be where you were just, Thinking about your mom's death, the whole walk. I think, yeah, I mean, like that was actually like that was my that was my idea. Mm-hmm. Was that like every morning I would wake up really early and try to just think about it? But at some point, like, there's nothing left to think about. Right? Yeah. Well, that's that's
3: like, kind of a good thing then, right? That, I mean, that is that what it means to grieve or process through it?
0: I mean, I think that like the first few the first few days in particular, once I got like just north of San Diego and I was in like Orange County in LA, which was was nuts because I was like camping out. I was camp sleeping on the mm-hmm. side of the street in LA and stuff. And I would just wake up every morning and I would, I would, I would kind of think about something that it, that it meant mm-hmm. like what is no longer here that was there. Right. Like that was something that I would do. I would wake up and say, like um, I would pick something like I can't call her and ask her about my friends. My, like I used to call her when my friends were having problems in their relationships. Cause she was like really smart at relationships. So I was like, wake up and say, these two friends of mine are having problems in their marriage. And like, I want to call her and ask her what it means. And I can't do that. Uh And then I would just like run that through my mind. I can't talk to her about this thing. And I would just do that for a little while. And then I think I would find a place to like, if basically like all the boxes in my brain were just like scattered everywhere at this point in my life, including like the God box and the work box. And what does it mean to even like try to wake up in the morning if, everything that you love is not going to be there tomorrow yeah. mm-hmm. at some point. Right. You'd see, you pick up those I, every morning I would pick one box up and I would kind of look at it and say like, what's in this box <laughs> and like, what does it mean that this exists? And then I would put it uh, on the shelf.
2: Everybody that's seen inside out, they know
0: that it's the different it's islands. They're not boxes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Dude, not that's Yeah. <laughs> well, they're glowing orbs, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's like five of them that are really important. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, but he was
1: homeless, so he has to go to the box. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. 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 yeah, that's what he saw all the time. So that's that's right. now that's
3: <laughs> I, I don't want to move past that that part and the profound part of that, but I got questions about the daggum walk itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did it. you leave right away? How, how long did you plan or prepare to do such a thing?
0: I didn't prepare at all, mm-hmm. which was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like um, how many days did you, after you had the idea did you? Leave? So my mom's my mom's memorial service was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I flew home on Friday. I like did something on Saturday, something that was just already booked. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I like led worship or something at a camp. <laughs> should
3: have canceled that one. Yeah. It was that yeah. I should have freaking canceled. <laughs> yeah, that. That, that was a nightmare. If you I, had, I mean, you know, you wouldn't have had any trouble. Like it well, the, wouldn't have given you any grief. about it. The funniest
0: part about that was that I think I remember at one point, like I was, I, I don't remember much about that weekend at all, but yeah. it, it was, I was up on stage and, and the speaker was like real, like real, uh, like finger guns youth speaker and he was like he gets up on stage he's like all right let's hear for Tyson he's so great they're like he guys he is gonna walk across California tomorrow (laughs) and it was like for a bunch of high school kids and they were all just like what do you like what do you mean like you can't just do that as an exit for like you can't do that's not a transition yeah but he did it as a transition so
4: Oh my goodness!
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was that was Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday morning, I woke up at I woke up before the sun came up and started started north. So my mom my mom wrote me a bunch of letters and stuff, and she actually she did this really weird thing where she like hid a bunch of boxes in my dad's house, and so occasionally my dad will like find a box and mail it to me. Good oh gosh. gosh! Yeah.
2: So you would? Are you talk- an only child? Real quick. I'm I have a
0: sister. Sister.
2: Yep. Would you? Per-
3: do you think? Uh, thinking about that, do you think it's a blessing? For- to know that you're going to die and be able to do it all that way. I mean, cause my, my top of my head thought is if I'm going to die sometime, I have a right. kid now, if I'm going to die sometime, I'd rather neither one of us know about it until it's just done. Yeah. Like I'd rather just, I don't want to dread it. Right. But, but from your point of view, is it, would that not, I mean, are you glad that you had time
0: to know about it? Um, I mean, I think I remember I was sitting, I was sitting in a, in a bar one time in seattle actually in green lake and this Mm -hmm. woman sat down next to me and she was a a mom but a single like like a single mom Mm -hmm. i could tell that she was when she sat down like by kind of the way she was talking about her kids and stuff so she asked me about my family and everything and and i started telling her about my mom which is something i i talk about all the time and i don't talk about it sad right like that's something i think that people notice is that like dude yeah my my mom died too early in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion and she was a Like she was a glowing light upon the face of the earth, but also um, like she did it so, so well, like the way that she did everything from the start to the middle, to the end of it, she did it so well. And and I'm telling this woman about my mom and I'm telling her about like um, the things that she did during her life and to help me when she left. And I was, I was looking at this woman and I could tell that she was processing in her mind. Would my kids talk about me this way? Right? Like I could see like, if I was to die tomorrow, like would my kids or would my family and my community talk about me this way? And I felt like it was sort of a, maybe it wasn't, but it it felt to me like it was a transitional point in this woman's life. Like when she was face to face with the idea that she was going to die and that people were going to talk about it later, it made her like completely reevaluate her relationships. And so in that, in that instance, like, I think that thinking about death and thinking about your own death, thinking about, it's, it kind of, puts things into perspective and i mean that's a super cliche thing to say but i think that it's true so, so.
2: my mom um
3: is this is a side note i'm talking about my mom being a bit goofy here but she yeah. she he, my mom is like christian but she also does a bunch of mystic stuff and kabbalah and she's weird trust me yeah. but she said she said she that yoga probably huh? yoga <laughs> <laughs> but something my mom said that reminds me of that is that she said that she she went to a meditation seminar and told me about how they spent the whole day meditating on their own death. And I was wow. like, "You are a kooky." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's I mean, I can see what you're saying and that yeah. that can be beneficial or or something. I mean, it's, certainly the our tendency for everything is definitely avoid that
0: thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is it would it be It's really interesting to say, it. do you think it's harder because she so, was so awesome? Like is it mm. like would, would it be easier if she was just awful? Like what if she left the box? Hidden at your dad's house, and it just talked about how shitty you were.
4: <laughs> you know what I mean? like, you're like, damn it. I mean, yeah. shit, mom, you didn't yeah. do that.
1: Like, that, like maybe that'd be easy. like, it's almost well, the reason I say that is because when people are like awesome and good, it just makes it worse. Like, because, like you said, those thoughts right. you're having, I was thinking the same thing. Like, well, you now you think, yeah. like, my wife's father died when she was 18, mm-hmm. and uh, it just really changed her trajectory. Yeah, yeah. like it changed everything. And so there is a part, we've had this conversation before. She wouldn't, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, but there is a thought now that can pop up in her head of good things get taken away from you. If you love something, Mm. it can be taken away. Yeah. And that's really hard. And like her dad was a great dad. He Mm -hmm. really was. He loved her, loved his his family, military dad, hard worker, all the, all the good things. And sometimes I've had that thought of like, man, what if he was just like a deadbeat dad in her heart, it would be easier a little bit. Which is a sucky feeling like you would want somebody to, not the pain it, not different? that you wish your mom was bad or anything, but yeah, 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 you might be right. Maybe the pain
0: is different, but maybe it's just, yeah.
1: it's more palatable yeah. in a sense. It's just crazy. Like it. that's that, where yeah.
0: we are. That was something that she told me early, actually like pretty early on. She was like, she's like, she said, you know, there's two types of grief and I, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but she said there's compounded and uncompounded grief. So like the uncompounded is like, this thing sucks. Like this thing sucks. It's sad. I wish it didn't happen, but it all is, it's linear, right? Like this thing sucks and that's all and it's over. Right. And like, I'll spend my whole life revisiting that, but I, I can see the steps, like they're stairs that go to a place, right? And the opposite is like that Death Cab for Cutie song about the funeral where the, uh, the, the it's styrofoam plates cafeteria. You guys know that song? Oh, yeah. He's like talking about how he's like, he, the guy gets up there and uses $5 words to like describe this person who was terrible in life, like you're you're a bastard in life and you're a bastard in death, right? Yeah. Like that song? Is that like the, this person died and that's hard because this is in the fiber of me, but also he was ho- horrible. Like he was like, a, you know, this person was abusive to me or he was mm-hmm. a bad person or I'm sort of glad that he's gone, but that also makes me feel guilty about it. And I think that like, um, like being able to kind of like, I don't know, man, For at least for me, maybe it's because I'm like, emotional i have like emotional problems but like for me to be able to say like my mom was rad she made the world better she died and i don't know why and that's okay is like it's a process that i can go through yeah right but yeah. It, but if it was if if there was like some kinks in the hose in there i think that would be harder for harder
3: me. to to move
0: through in a way yeah yeah so let's talk more
3: about the walk what did you take how do you how do you do something like that is it like you can't get to a hotel, so you had to sleep
0: on the ground or what? Yeah, I slept like just on the side of the street. How many um, miles a day? So, well, the first day I went out and I was, real, I was really uh, bushy-tailed about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to do this thing. I was like, I can walk. It's not hard to walk. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I had like a, a camera, a stove that I never used, a bunch of water, like one change of clothes. I didn't bring much. I had a little like travel, like day pack. Um, so, the first day I walked from my house, which is in Solana Beach, to, the, to Oceanside, which is like 22 miles or something. And by the time I got there, I couldn't like bend my legs all the way. They like stopped mm. at like, a, at, like at a, yeah, I just couldn't extend them. So that was horrible. And then the next day I walked five miles and thought I was going to die at every <laughs> step.
2: Did you listen to anything like podcasts or music or?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in the morning, like that was, that was the time. Like the morning was the whole, basically the whole reason for it. You know, like yeah. I would just wake up and because there's no cars in the morning.
4: Cause oh, later yeah. on, it's
0: just like a barrage of noise and dirt and people throwing cigarette butts at you and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so like the morning was just quiet. I just walked down the middle of the street and I, that was like rule never anything like just, you just got to be in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, come 1130 when it's just, like, it's like a rock concert with, like, 50 rock bands playing at the same time. And it's just, like, noisy and hot and dusty and miserable. And then I would just kind of try to zone out, put the music on or the podcasts and just kind of point it straight, you know? Mm -hmm. You didn't
3: have a problem with getting food and water? Like, I mean, there's places between there where it's desert, right? Or some desert. And you stayed on the coast or what? Like, how did you stay near, for instance, you can't carry that much water. You can carry two gallons of so that was pounds.
0: that was the that was like the first big mistake, the second big mistake the first big mistake was not training for it mm-hmm. and the second big mistake was not so i mean like you go backpacking right and like you have your like for your like nasa meals or whatever right that are all like freeze-dried right and you put water in right so i like grew up backpacking in washington and you just like bring these things and you put your nalgene in the creek and then you make your food or whatever and so i was like that's what i'll do But there's no water in California, right? Like that's like, that's a big problem. Yeah. So I knew that like the first little bit through Malibu would be easy to eat because you just like get a taco, right? And it would be hard to sleep because it's like you're walking through LA. And then once you got past Malibu, it would be easy to sleep because you can just go anywhere you want. But it'd be hard to find. You just can't find food. And so like there were times, especially up north, like up in Big Sur and before where it's like 30, 40, 50 miles between places. Yeah. yeah. And I'm drinking like five liters of water a day plus like trying to cook with water. Yeah. So like, I remember there was one time when I had like, my backpack was like, I had like 15 liters of water. Oh in it or something. gosh, that's heavy. And it was just a miserable, because I, I was going to go three or four days yeah. between spots. And so, um, so that was a big... That was a big trick to figure that out.
3: You didn't ever have a backup plan. I mean, did you just feel determined and confident you make it the whole, whole time?
0: The first like week I was sure that I was not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I was like, just cause my legs hurt so bad and everything was m- miserable. And like, it was so much harder and less romantic than I thought. Yeah. Like, like everybody just looks at you like you're like a, the scum of the earth. And like, uh, it's just really noisy and it's hard to think and it's hard to keep going. And, you were like the Reese Witherspoon, right? Dude, yeah. I was like the Reese Witherspoon. I was like the Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah. Plus, that,
1: you hadn't gone that far in the first week. No. So and, like your
0: friends are still driving. Hey, I thought you were what? What are you still doing here? Like, dude, the the third day, I the third day I stayed at my friend's house in, in San Clemente, like in Orange County. And I left my phone charger at his house. And then I walked all day. And then I was like, oh, no, I left my phone charger at his house. So I called him. I was like, hey, can you bring me my phone charger. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And he was there in like eight minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, he was like, legitimately, that took me eight minutes. Like whenever I, whenever I drive the coast now, it's, I'm not even kidding. You'd be like, and I slept there and Mm. I slept there (laughs) and I slept there. It's just like, so yeah, I'm like looking at a map and I'm like that first day. And I'm like, I went this far far i went <laughs> i went like eight centimeters and i have to go two feet and right there and like that was the heart and the two centimeters was the hardest thing i've ever done so like how is this even going to happen so how long was the whole how many days it took 40 days which was not planned out it just didn't. just this happened mm-hmm. to ironically poetic. wasn't <laughs> biblical that's the holy spirit bro mm-hmm. the holy spirit was like it's like it was it just set up my steps like a second hand on a clock Heck yeah that was set for 40 you oh, scoffed totally. man but i'm serious bro dude <laughs> <laughs> all the all the all the 40 days i was actually super stoked when i got there i was like counted out the days that makes it seem so much more important yeah it does. yeah <laughs> yeah this was and, this was god yeah <laughs> and then when you got there then what so i got there and then i uh got on a bus the first thing that i did is i tried to i tried to tell i had to tell somebody i, I think i told you this too i i walked up to this i walked up to this uh, this guy so i ended at the there's like fort point at san San francisco at golden gate bridge is like this old concrete thing there i don't yeah. even know what it is i think it's a yeah yeah it was probably world war ii thing or something but anyway i i'm there and i've been waiting for i've been thinking about this moment for like so long and it's been in my mind i'm like if i can just get there like that's all i've ever wanted just yeah. to get there and stand there and look at it sit so there and i was like like, I did it. I, I like just walked here. It was really far. And like the route that I took ended up being way farther because I followed the coast the whole time. So it was yeah. like really far. And I, there's a one guy standing there with like his iPhone taking pictures of the bridge. I'm like, I just have to tell somebody. I have to tell, tell
3: them. Yeah. Cause somebody. you, it's like your moment of celebration, but yet there's nobody knows what you're doing. You're nobody
0: else lonely. All right. I'm just some dude with a backpack that looks like Joe Dirt or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> walk to this guy and I'm like, I'm like, hey man, I just have to tell somebody. <laughs> I just walked here from San Diego. Like, seriously, if you would have
2: done that with me and my kids, I would have kind of like wow. brought them in yeah, a little yeah, bit. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey,
0: Rosa, come here and stand next yeah. to your dad. <laughs> like, um, this guy's scary. <laughs> I was like, I just walked here from San awesome. Diego. Awesome. And then, and I was like, and and I and then he looks at me, and I'm like, oh, this guy's a good listener. He like wants to hear about it. Yeah. I was like. And I'm like, just in my heart. So I'm like, there were so many times that I didn't think I could do it. <laughs> you gave giving the speech.
4: Yeah.
0: And I was like, dude, I gotta give <laughs> you. <That is> awesome. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Like, I was like giving a Golden Globe speech mm-hmm. or something. I'm like, that's why I like. I just want like, to thank everyone. I'm telling him like, I, I, I couldn't. I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. And now I'm here and I, and I did it. And he looks at me and he goes, I am from France. I speak Francaise. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you can't make that up, man. (laughs) And and I was like, I kind of, I was like, I think the funny thing about it was that like, whenever I told people that I was going to do it, they're like, why? They're like, why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So it was sort of like such a poetic moment for me because I was like, the best possible way to end this thing is some, me telling Someone, what I just accomplished, and them telling me that they don't understand what I'm nope. trying to say. <laughs> like, yeah, that is too funny.
3: So was the music? Uh, you know, how how could you? Was it just? It's not like you could work on your songs. Like I know that a lot of this precipitated what became the album, but how could you keep notes or think of music or or use that? You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like people. Whenever I tell people that I did this, I'm like, did you bring a guitar? And I'm like, no, I didn't bring a guitar. Are you me? Um. I would kind of just like um I mean I you guys you guys know this like as songwriters but I think that there's sort of like a a period of time that comes before every song when it's like brewing yeah. you know when it's like the pieces of it are forming and I think that like that time every day when I was like forcing myself to look at my perception of myself or my perception of what justice in the universe means or what who god is if he could do this right Um, those are all the things that and actually there were a few a few verses that I wrote while I was just walking along because I mean like you're walking and you have your footsteps it's just like on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and then you kind of just hum stuff and like make up lyrics and verses and a few of them like I didn't I never stopped and wrote them down or sang them into like my phone or anything I just kind of like would sing them and sometimes it'd be like hours at a time where they're like nothing to do like I can't I can't express to you how boring it is mm-hmm. to walk all day <laughs> for 40 days. It's just so boring. It's a right. good
2: thing you weren't riding like a, a punk CD. You'd have to run really fast, right? With oh, it would be so
0: tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was where a lot of the... Um, and I, there were a handful of songs that were done before I did this, um, before I went out on the walk. But a lot of them came from that. from Just like walking down the side of the road. That's awesome.
3: Well, this, the, the album I said is tremendous. And it's like, to me... I and I have said this before to be be honest I'm the singer songwriter and folk I don't know how what you would describe That's exactly it as. what I told him what yeah. you're about to tell Yeah me. it's not it's not really my thing in general I mean I almost grew up in reaction to that when it's into punk music instead yeah. or heavy or distortion or whatever I, that's kind of the way that I always thought of it I kind of rejected that music from the outset but it and it seems like so, it can be such a cliche art form like I don't know how to explain it other than it can be such a cliche thing to me and your album is not that. And I don't know if it's me arriving at a place where I'm ready to hear stuff like this, yeah. or if you've just people like you've just figured out how to do it. Cause I, I also feel that way about Zach Bolin's new album. Like this isn't the music I'm supposed to like. And I love yeah. it.
2: Yeah. yeah the, the, the only way I can describe it is you sit there and you listen to someone playing the acoustic guitar and singing. And most of the time you're just like, Oh cool. He can strum the guitar and he's got a nice voice. And Oh, that's a nice song. Mm-hmm. But then there's sometimes you're listening to someone, you're like, Whoa, he's playing the guitar and singing and something just happened that was really good, that was moving. Yeah.
1: And not everybody can do that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I mean that's
2: definitely something. Well it's really you pull interesting
1: off. too, or or I think a lot of times it's overlooked because you're right, that the genre is that's where everybody starts, acoustic guitar and singing. Yeah. And so it's it's field. And so it, there really is something I think it's overlooked a lot to be able to do that and connect still, because there is such yeah. a wealth of that s- style of music. Yeah. So it, it actually, the cool thing about it is you actually have to be good to stand you, out. You have so you, be, you, you yeah. actually have written an album that is good and it does stand out on its own merit. Whereas there's probably, you, you could find 10 other albums that maybe could be in that genre or sound mm-hmm. similar in a way, but it, it what, what you're saying. And then part of that probably comes along with just your story and, and, the things that you've done and the way that you're writing, but I do think in the process of that, it's you. It's strange how uh, you can just take an acoustic guitar and make it make everybody be present in that moment. I think that's kind of what the album. Yeah, just album to break does. out the
3: cliche or transcend would be a word, you know, there for transcend the genre or or whatever it's. But also, I'm really happy with Tooth and Nail and them finding you and putting this record out. I think yeah. some of the lyrics mm. and and stuff certainly pushes boundaries. It's not. I think it's a very exploratory record. I'm so glad that there's so that people are doing new things now, especially mm-hmm. Christians, but really just everybody. We're accepting of way more different types of media, people being way more honest. Uh, and that's themes in TV shows and podcasts. Yeah. And, and the fact that there's Christians doing it tooth and nail, and stuff like that uh, is great. So this isn't mm-hmm. something I would have necessarily even expected from them or to hear and, I'm I'm very thrilled. I'm thrilled that that yeah. we're getting to do this together. I love yeah. that we have such a good relationship with Tooth and Nail as we do. Yeah. like we love that company. Yeah. and and seems like they like us, which is tremendous. That's a tremendous thing. It's yeah. not competitive. They're making art and pushing boundaries, and so are we. It's, it's great. I'm really enjoying doing doing all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. I think, I think that like actually that's exactly what they said to me. They're like, because we were talking about like, man, what are we gonna do? Like, I don't know what to do with this, with this record. Like, obviously, like the whole landscape of everything has changed. No. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'd love to like do some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think just like entering with people that are like, I think like podcast people are my people, right? They're people that are willing to like kind of think and consider and wonder about the universe and yeah. their place in it. And, and right away, the guys at Tooth and Nail were like, we have a great relationship with bad <laughs> And I was, like, I was like, sweet, let's do it. But I mean, they are taking chances. That's what's really
1: cool. Yeah, like, this is really cool. Like, it's really cool. Real quick. Like, I mean, I, I can't believe that they would be so cool. Like just reading, I'm going to read a couple of lyrics. I just couldn't believe they would allow Tooth and Nail when we started would never allow this. Like this is, uh, I forget the name of the song, but it says, shit, shit government. <laughs> Everybody's a douchebag. <laughs> Christ is Lord. I mean, ten years ago that would have never happened. With tooth yeah, and yeah. Now, I mean, you come yeah, along yeah. writing a song like that is pretty yeah. awesome.
2: And that was the, my and, and the poetry of having those words doubled. Oh shit, God, God, shit. Gosh, yeah. The gang gosh, vocals gosh, yeah. are,
0: are crazy. I think Bleak 182 <laughs> wrote that song. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my lead. That was my lead pitch to tooth and nails. Like, what do you guys think about these <laughs> What's great
2: is Toby took that joke so far he actually took
1: his phone out. Like he was
2: reading <laughs> lyrics. He sold
0: me. I was I was like, he was I didn't see him looking up the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah,
3: we
1: were doing. I was yeah. trying to think of uh, how to get like government suck at making roads walkable or
4: something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck the government. <laughs> you see this gravel?
4: <laughs> Dude.
3: Well, uh, can we have him play some yeah, you music? do some
0: music? Yes.
4: Yeah, what
3: good. uh Tyson, do what are you gonna play for us?
0: Yeah, sure, man. This I'll play uh this is the first song on the record and it's uh probably the reason that I was most surprised that Tooth and Nail wanted to put this record out. But basically what it was, it was, it's a conversation that I had, um, with my dad about, um, all the things that God seemed to be answering prayers about. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the most notable one was like, uh, we had a friend who was really into, into basketball and he was a Dallas Mavericks fan. And he told us that he prayed that they'd be better at their like three pointers. Mm -hmm. And then they got better. And he was like, (laughs) thanking, thanking the Lord. (laughs) And meanwhile, me and my dad are like, (sighs) Oh yeah. Like remember when we like prayed about this thing that really matters for a long time and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so this was kind of my, my, uh, little like, uh, reaction to, to wondering like why God does what he does. So yeah, it's called in your name.
4: protecting our children from the gaze, who have promised to destroy this utopia Between what I see and what you do. But if you choose to stand by idling, what does that make you? Well, I heard that you've been speaking through the on the tv and you help the dallas mavericks with their field goal percentage so when my mother's doctor calls again with more bad news it's an honest heart's reaction
3: Excellent. Thank you, Tyson. I hey, love it, love it, love it. You've it won fans, com- com- man. It's not
1: comfortable to come into somebody's garage and play for three people. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it,
3: it, 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 That's
1: well, not fun. How yeah.
3: is that? Like, how do you rate the, the comfort level of doing that here, sitting beside us, facing this way in this environment and saying, how is that?
0: Well, it helps that we're all drunk. Yeah. Oh, my God. it <laughs> couldn't have done so, it without yeah. it.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> It's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. Thanks a lot for, for having me, man. It was really fun to, to hang with you guys.
3: So, album name, title, release date. How about that?
0: Album's called Letters to Lost Loves. Mm-hmm. It's out March 4th. March 4th. Coming up very soon yep. on Tooth and Nail. Tooth and Nail. And uh, I got a string of West Coast tour dates, mm-hmm. too. So, if you live on the West Coast.
3: All yeah. right. We'll talk to you. We'll see
2: you again soon. Thank cool, you. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank coming,
1: in. All right.
2: Dude, that Tyson. was awesome.
1: Man, that was What fun. a treat
2: to have someone in studio. I know. Hanging out with and us. And I appreciate
1: you calling it a studio. A lot of people yeah. want to say this is a garage. This uh, is a studio. Well, yeah, that's all those guys. Yeah, Yeah, it is respect, and that's what I've been wanting more and more lately. Is more I'm I'm trying to accumulate respect. I demand it. Yeah, and so if I don't get it, then I don't talk to you.
2: Well, there's something you may need to lay off of. You know, with this podcast, I the the thing that you do at the end it just kind of infringes on your respect a little bit. Are you being?
1: being, It feels like you're being disrespectful. Well, I don't mean to be. It just seems that no. Are you being disrespectful? You're You're often. You're often need to tread carefully, my friend. You don't want to go too far with what you're about to say, okay? Well, I'm going to risk it's it. It's going to end bad for you.
2: You come ill prepared. Um, a lot of times, the stories just you know there's serious stuff going on in our culture, and you talk about bull penises being cut off and served to poor kids, and whether or not that's okay. All
1: right, Matt, you ready?
3: Yeah, let's move on.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: In a world, in a world, yeah, in a world, Where- in a world, we are the world. This is the damn news with Toby Morrell. Damn news,
1: Matt. You know that old uh, caucus? Is that what they call it here in South Carolina? Caucus, or, yeah, it means shit in Spanish. Yeah, it uh, it um, happened here this past Saturday, and I was just uh, I, I found a news article that that ties in not only. Politics, but technology. So I think y'all will both be interested in this, and I'm kind of wondering what you guys think. Uh, it's a little bit about Apple and what's Ooh. going on there, and lay it on I, me. Our future president Donald Trump. Ooh, this comes from
2: Tech. Real quick, do you really think he's going to be a future president? We'll get
1: and to that. Just lay it on. Go into the story. Yeah, why can't I just read the news story first? Just one. Then to know, you can man. ask that question. This comes from TechCrunch.com. Donald Trump says you should boycott Apple. Presidential candidate Donald Trump is stepping up his criticism of Apple over its fight with the FBI. As you can see in the footage below, I'm not going to play this for you, but uh, which was shot at Pauley's Island, South Carolina, right near Uh, us. Uh, Trump uh. was discussing the need to bring overseas jobs back to the United States when he gets sidetracked by mentioning Apple. What I think you ought to do is boycott Apple until such time as they give that security number, he said, to scattered applause. Scattered applause. People don't know what to think about this. How do you like that? I just thought of it. (laughs) (laughs) As you're probably already aware, Apple is fighting an FBI order to create a version of iOS that would make it easier for the government to unlock an iPhone, specifically the iPhone 5C belonging to one of the terrorists involved in the recent San Bernardino shooting. The company says it has cooperated with the FBI up to this point, but it's unwilling to create software that would have the potential to unlock any iPhone in someone's physical possession. Well, yeah.
3: Well, I tell you what, I had to go on record with saying, first of all, that the idea of the government doing this and getting into that privacy and setting precedent and continuing right. to seize power is absolutely frustrating and scary and horrible and right. definitely sounds like the worst possible thing to me. So it would, I would want to go with Apple there. And then secondly, I'm also horrified at Trump and Trump presidency and you know I just think that's a, right. an outrageous thing both of those things to me are absolutely outrageous however i'm going to take i'm going to at least say that i've got two alternative points to that on on this okay. matter number 1 as skeptical as I am and can be, if you if you want to think about this, and this might take a second, but think yeah. about maybe the government's point of view there uh, and Apple's. Like on one hand, Apple might not really be right here, and on at the same time, I think this is incredibly good press for them, and they're seizing it well. So they look like the ma- massive heroes. They had that really good letter to the people, and I think if, at right. first glance, I'm like, well, everybody's going to think Apple is the best here, and I think they do. So that's great PR for right. something that's cybersecurity. But my understanding was, previous to this, that they were... they. I think it was just a few months ago when they announced that they had come up with an encryption kind of thing that was secure, meaning that it never was in the past anyway. It's not... Do you know what I'm talking about? You, somebody can fact check it, but I'm almost positive like six months ago, Apple's after some other stuff went down apples like look we actually have created a new world class encryption thing that nobody could break into which would right. be the first company that does it in meaning that the other companies don't even have it now so right. whatever this privacy that they're fighting for is really one that's only existed for a few months anyway so i don't know that that uh it's that big of a deal in that in that sense and also i read somewhere that they uh have done this before on you know at least on older versions of this they've done they've done this type of thing before for the government and it seems like apple might be just trying to look you know look really good here good. And, but because think about it this way your phone is a device that you have so is it similar to a notepad in that way that you scribble stuff down on right like you write yep, down notes, right. or you keep information in a right. log book or in a diary and all those things are certainly um subpoena Worthy. If the government orders yeah. them for a court case and it contains information about who killed somebody, they are quickly subpoenaed and given to the court. So why would that be different? Because it's in a digital device. Because legally, I don't believe that dead people who are killed by police uh, in this case have any right to privacy. And the craziest thing about this is the county of San Bernardino owns the phone it's not right. even like the the county you had this phone for this guy who is dead that has no right to privacy so what like if you just think about it in the general privacy way could you build a basement in your house to store information in that no matter what you did the government
1: could not get a subpoena to get inside of does that make sense to you yeah, yeah? maybe I, now the 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 only reason it doesn't make sense is Obviously, to the victims that were murdered in this. I'm, I'm saying if there was an justice, investigation
3: right. about you and you did murder, suicide, who knows what else.
1: You're saying I couldn't get. And that, you, you had mean, a basement
3: right. that you built that the government right. couldn't get into. Like they right. couldn't figure out how to get into it. Everybody would say, what that "Get would the be, court though, order, beat that door down, and find the information that that guy has hidden in his private basement that he but built." But it
1: way. would be forcing though, it'd be forcing a company to get the door, break the door down mm-hmm. into my basement. Right, so that's you hire what's somebody strange. to and knock the door down well, to the serial well, the killer. Issue here who might have more
3: people in his basement? For all you know, I mean, you well, would get you would. There's no right to privacy in physical structures or handwritten notebooks. Is my point? There is none. That is not protected. It would matter of factly be gotten into if it was. The fact that this is digital and on a phone, why is that different is my question. Because for sure they would come in and search your house in this case fully. And every notebook you had, you couldn't say, you can't look in his notebook.
1: Well, here's my point. I I want justice. I don't want more terrorism to happen. Here's the issue. This will not stop terrorism, I don't think. And it potentially does. It does have the potential to lead to... They mm-hmm. can break into anybody's phone. The government can do whatever. We've already seen that with, like, with Edward right. Snowden, where it's not, I don't think the government really cares about my internet history and what's going on, but if no, it ever I, became I relevant, then it would. And they could use that against me, and it's a manipula And so I don't want my government having the ability to look into my phone or my life if I don't want them to. Right.
2: Yeah, If if you are indeed right that it's not going to stop terrorism, then I would say I love the fact that there's almost like a, organic checks and balance systems built in that the government just can't do what it wants to. Yeah, and that it's, Apple's it's really big insane. Enough to insane. I'm, I'm no, certainly
3: no. mainly pro freedom of speech and protection and stuff like that, but I'm just suggesting that if you do a little thought experiment about, about it, it, what is it about a digital device that demands a type of security that an analog device would not? That's an interesting thing to think about. But, yeah, I don't want the government to have any shred more power than they do. Trust me. I, well, I, I also, totally— on first glance, do that, but I'm trying to wade through the biases of well, I, do I just like Apple? Is this a good PR campaign for them? What would be the things? But and well, then,
1: um, uh, I, well, let's say this too: is this a PR campaign for the federal government, and the FBI? Well, they're like, bad at PR. Well, that's for well, sure. No, so, are they like Apple asked them to file this request in private, and they didn't to push Apple's hand because they if they, if they did it in private, there wouldn't be any news about it. Mm-hmm. So the government is trying to go, hey, look. Man, we're just trying to handle yep. terrorism and you're a bad company Apple. You you won't let us do this. All we're saying is this one phone that the San, Bern- San Bernardino opened it but that opens a door to my phone potentially. I'm just saying there's potential of that. Yep. So the the danger here is Do we live in a fear culture and we let the, because of the fear, we let the government end up ruling us even more and having more say in our lives that it only is terrible? That's not good. Bigger government, more politicians and politics is bad. And so I, I, at least, is a two way street of the government going, hey, we might can force Apple's hand if everybody like Donald Trump says they're terrible. This company, Tim Cook, is a liberal and this, this, and this. And I'm just like, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you want somebody that would be so quick to go, hey, Something bad. Do something bad to get even. That's not good. That's well, th- not the smart. The thing
3: about Trump that I'm going to say is horrifying as he is. I, you know, I'm going to come down. In a <laughs> do you different... really think he's
1: horrifying? I don't know if it's that hard. I, well, compared well, to I'm, all the other candidates. Well, that's what I'm going to say.
3: I, of course, on one hand, the whole time that Trump ever ran to now, of course, I'm thinking, of course, this is a total joke, and uh, this is not. Doesn't make any sense. It never would happen. And of course, it's a bad idea. However. His really crazy things that he says, Bernie says really crazy things too. And Ted Cruz really says crazy things too. Like, I think those people, I think Bernie and Ted Cruz are in a way worse and more dangerous because I think they actually believe the stuff that they're saying that sounds incredibly dumb to me. And Donald Trump does not mean anything he says. He's just
1: doing it. I totally agree. He
3: doesn't mean that. He doesn't care about it. He does not believe or care. He's a thousand times more reasonable than than this. Oh. He just is sure. saying it because he knows it'll work. He doesn't believe any of the, the crazy policies and the anti even the anti Muslim stuff, he doesn't right. really believe that stuff. He j- is just saying it.
1: Oh, he's just a show. I mean, I can't believe more and more. I'm just shocked at how he believes it to some
3: degree. I mean, I'm not saying whatever, but he's more of a liar, which is less bad than somebody. And then I think some of, you know, Sam Harris said that Ted Cruz is legitimately a religious maniac, like a Christian who believes so hard and and is going to implement things that are really dangerous. What, Sam Harris
1: said that? Yeah.
3: So, and, and then Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Kind of thing, and that's really dangerous and bad. And he certainly right. believes it, and will do everything to get it too. I don't really know what Donald Trump's aim is, and I certainly don't think he should be president in a real way. Even though I don't really care, I'm kind of enjoying yeah. the drama and the comedy. I can't believe that this is like actually happening. The yeah, whole thing.
1: I, I'm I'm shocked at how accurate and close to real life the movie Idiocracy is. It's like, we, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, Trump Trump
3: is the, only like, like a, actual person that doesn't, and she's unbelievably awful, and she might be the only one that at least would be a regular situation. Everything all the other threes seem like extreme situations to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I, Hillary's
3: just an, a little bit more Obama time, which is fine. But Trump mainly doesn't pass any the worst thing about him is he'll make our country look like a joke. I don't know if I we'll have any power or be able to do anything. I don't even know what his actual goal would be if he got in office. Yeah. But I don't believe the things he's saying.
2: Here's the you question. Know. My how, dad, my da, uh, well, go ahead. Here's the question so How? My dad would say. How upset will he be if he doesn't get it? Like you know, John Kerry was devastated. You know, Mitt Romney was devastated. You think Donald Trump's just like, huh? That was kind of fun. Don't. Yeah, I don't think
3: he ever really intended to win. I think he deep down has got to be surprised that we're. I mean, isn't everybody? I mean, and it's like, wow.
1: I don't know. I I mean, here's the thing. Do you think, I believe that he is going to get the nomination. I think he's going to win enough. I think he's going to win enough because the other two guys are starting to seem like goofballs. And he just says whatever. And they they make, it's not smart. So my question is, when it gets down to that, can any of them beat Hillary anyway? I don't think so. I I just don't think so. You almost
3: kind of hope not. What I'm saying is she's the least dangerous person to become the next president it'll just be business as usual for her the other three maybe it'll be good i don't even know because they know more than i do honestly to tell you the truth all all four candidates are better than me and know more than i do about the system but the three (laughs) of the four sound extremely volatile not stable and not good for our country for sure and one of them sounds like a regular politician that sucks that's, that's all I see about it. And I don't really care. I guess I'll go along for the ride if Donald wins. I mean, that'll be, it'll be a ride. I'm a, I'm down for the ride.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And
3: I will support whoever wins the presidency regardless, that's who, that's who because chose. I support democracy and democracy will be what is the cause of the president I, to become the president. Here's one thing I for sure. I our system.
1: I will say this. If like I, Hillary, I think just wants to be president and thinks it's owed to her. I think the other all the other guys anybody uh our good friend Josh Mitchum said this anybody that wants to be the president should immediately be disqualified. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that that makes them not that's just that's just terrible. And then uh also I believe if if since they're all goofballs and they're all terrible no matter what at least Trump would be really entertaining for the next four years. Like it might be, it might ruin America. It might be terrible, yeah. but at least it'll be hilarious. Might yeah, lead it to be. the end of the world. He
3: might, he might even do some good <laughs> things. But it's the opposite of why I think Obama is so great. Is because he's so cool, he's so chill. I think it's a good look for America. I think it's nice to have a funny, calm, chill right. dude be the president. I don't know yeah. how much power they really have anyway. I, I just can't tell. I just can't figure that out. And so Donald Trump is the opposite of that, though. I mean, it definitely is like, yikes. They got a crazy person. Like, you know, think about the rest of the world looking at us for four years of we elected a reality TV star. Like that to me sounds like not great. Doesn't feel great, at least.
1: All right. I got one more news story for you guys, and it's from a uh, roving reporter, Solomon Campos. Actually, several people. Sent this to me, but uh, I'm reading Solomon's link here from Huffington Post. He knew exactly where to go. I read this. I thought it was really interesting. Um, And, Joey, this will make you think about conspiracy theories and, like, maybe Matt and I have been full of shit for a long time. Okay. If you didn't know that.
2: Y'all are full of shit in many regards, but maybe not in this one.
1: Lost tapes reveal Apollo astronauts heard unexplained music on far side of the moon.
2: Oh, I know all this stuff, man. I'm telling you, man, those aliens, they are coming after us. You've never heard this before, have you? Yeah, I actually have heard of mysterious stuff that was
1: going on. Like what? Go ahead and explain. What you're just saying, man. You're just, <laughs> you have no idea what I'm about to say. And it's just the idea that there could be something. That no, happened. there definitely has been. Uh, definitely has I- been. I'm,
2: I'm telling you, there has been uh, astronauts in space that, uh, en route to the moon that saw and heard very mysterious stuff. Uh, Can his... I read the news article? What,
1: you asked me,
2: little bitch. Go on with
1: your stupid news article. The crew of an Apollo mission to the moon were so startled when they encountered strange music-like radio transmissions coming through their headsets. They didn't know whether or not to report it to NASA, it's been revealed. It was 1969, two months before Apollo 11's historic first man landing on the moon, when Apollo 10 entered lunar orbit. Uh, which included traversing the far side of the moon when all spacecraft are out of radio contact with Earth. That means that you lose all radio contact. No radio signals from Earth can get to you. Uh, which seems weird, Matt. On a side note, they, like, the radio signals can't just go around the moon and get to your ears. That doesn't make total sense to me. Are radio waves so directional that the moon actually blocks them and sends them another direction?
3: No, no I might have zoned out a second, but did you say that? Because I mean, radio waves would, are, would be unimpeded. Uh, theoretically there could be going yeah, from a, well, any direction. No, okay, anyway, maybe now, I shouldn't say that. let me read sound what the Does in. not travel in space. So you're not hearing anything across a sound well, it says, echoing uh, through space. All, that's
1: when you're on the when you're traversing the far side of the moon, all spacecraft are out of radio contact with Earth mm-hmm. for about an hour and nobody on Earth can see them or hear them.
3: Hmm. Well maybe I yeah that doesn't Mm, yeah maybe our we don't have strong enough signal to get there and i certainly i guess we can't bounce it but uh it could be coming from somewhere else you could say the radio wave, radio right not from earth
1: maybe that's kind of that's kind of the point of this article almost four decades went by before lost recordings emerged that revealed something unsettling that the three apollo astronauts had experienced while flying on the far side of the moon the taped recordings contain strange otherworldly music coming through the apollo modules radio according to the upcoming science channel series, NASA's Unexplained Files. The conversation between the three astronauts indicated they heard sounds like they had never heard before. This is in quotes. It sounds like, you know, outer space type music. You hear that, that whistling sound? Woo. Well, that sure is weird music. It's unbelievable. You know, shall we tell them about it? I don't know. We ought to think about it. The Apollo 10 crew was very used Uh, to the kind of noise that you should, that they should be hearing. Logic tells me that if there was something recorded on there, then there was something there. Apollo 15 astronaut Al Warden says, um, NASA would withhold information from the public if they thought it was in the public's best interest. So they didn't really say anything and do anything. Uh, so basically they heard this sound and it wasn't coming from earth. Right. Yes, that's definitely. They said there's lots. Like Joey said, we've had lots of incidents where guys who flew in space saw and heard things that they didn't recognize, and you wonder about all that. Here's
2: my here's my challenge to you guys. Y'all challenge me a lot. My my challenges to you guys is to read only the biographical research stories portion of alien encounters by chuck missler who is a very <laughs> listen he's a very listen he's a very well-respected theologian this isn't all he talks about don't even read the nephilim stuff at the end
1: read oh the, so i can skip the nephilim stuff yeah read, okay cool cool, cool. Read you the, had me
2: read the documented stories Right. That are documented. He's basically reporting the news, just like your damn news. Yeah. He's reporting the truth. Okay. Uh, no, he. I don't agree read, with that. Read that portion and leave it there, and just come back and say, "Yeah, I think maybe all those stories are bullshit." Or, "Gosh, I didn't realize there were so many substantiated claims in outer space about." But you know what I'm gonna going to say to this.
1: Who's somebody in the whole world besides Chuck Missler that might be knowledgeable and might have potentially a point of view that differs from Chuck Missler? Do you know any of those authors? Yeah, I read them all the time. They're, Why they're, wouldn't you tell they're... us to read Chuck Missler and this guy who says something different than because Chuck
2: Because you guys already believe a certain way. No. So just like, just like how you're challenging me, I'll challenge you in the same way. You read all the stuff that disagrees with it. Why don't you read some stuff that doesn't? No, yeah, this is a double
1: standard. I'm saying Chuck Missler has a real agenda that I don't think is necessarily scientific. I think he uses science, but I think he has an agenda to prove some type of. So weird that you never read anything that he's spread. Everything you tell me is about the Nephilim or aliens being demons that comes out of Chuck Missler's
0: no, mouth. That's, that's
2: that's the whole thing that I just said. The part of his book has nothing to do with any speculation. It's basically,
1: here are stories that so happen. So has one chapter about sounds in space that, aren't, that don't reflect the Bible teaching.
2: Yeah, I, in fact, I it's told y'all science. this. Y'all, y'all don't listen to me. I told y'all, when I, <laughs> when I read this book, I did not even know that it was a Christian book. I read like the first 150 pages and nothing was mentioned about the Bible. It was strictly... Here are things that's happened and I at the very least it's interesting. Who like, like,
1: who gave you the book?
2: Huh? Who gave you the book? I ordered it off of amazon.com. Yeah. In and, and like in the Christian section. I didn't know there was a Christian section. I just I, okay. I Google searched. <laughs> okay. You, you Google in, searched
1: aliens and Chuck Missler came up. I type titles in. What'd
2: you type in? Uh probably the name of the book
1: Alien, somebody referred Demon it love. to me. All right. Amen. Well, Demon. that was the damn news. You uh you bummed me out. You exhausted me. I exhausted you? Well, let me exhaust you some more, baby.
2: Because guess what? We back in this! BC Club, baby. We, uh, we've uh, we we've built up uh a bank of names. Wow. So I'm coming to you with some Chris Ross James. Why are you talking in, like, youth group leader voice? James Pitcher, Tim Colmer, Ben Moore, Al Scott Fresco. Cam. Scott Cam, Mickey Albino. All right, listen. Listen. You got... Part
1: of their Al perk. Setzer.
2: Part of their perk is Seltzer. to hear their name on Do Your Jokes Between or, or t- I can't read my list. You're the only one that
1: has the list of BC These are real BC clubs. You can say your of.
2: list after my list. Al Qaeda. All right. Scott Cam. Anita Shower. Mickey Cately. Anita Graham. Jacob Brooks. Morgan and David De La Haas. Art major. Cameron Elston.